double match day. Match day 10, Atletico Ottawa 0, York United 0. And match day 11, FC Edmonton 1, Atletico Ottawa 0, giving the Eddies their first win of the season. Not the best double match week. Let's just get into this. ATO After the Whistle, the official podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I am Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan every Tuesday. Well, most Tuesdays when our schedule isn't dumb as hell. All season long, bringing you reactions, analysis, and some hot takes. You know, probably going to get a couple of those. Patrick, how, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is going to be probably a decidedly different tone than the last time we we talked to you guys on the pod sphere. Um, a little bit. What? So, which is funny because we were so I like, know we were we so much promise the last time. We were like, yeah, we got we're a the best. Going. We got a streak going. We're going to go against York and Edmonton. We're going to smash them both. And we're going to go back here next time around and we'll be top of the table. So. Yeah. I don't know. if I'm, I'm hoping we didn't jinx it. But um, yeah, doubleheader, um, you know, this week or well, last week and the week before. So. Game against York at home and a road game against FC Edmonton. Uh, let's just say, uh, I'm going to say it left some room for improvement. Some uh, room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, is I was, you know, whenever there's a double episode, you're always like, oh, is it going to be a really long one? It's not because there isn't a, not a lot fucking happened. Did it? No, no, there's not. Um, any, <laughs> not any, a lot happened in either of these games. We yeah. noticed we didn't do a bonus episode after the <laughs> We did not. We did not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, like the last, the last couple games, like, they were rough to watch. I'm just going to call yep. a spade a spade. They were rough to watch. Um, so for the York game, I mean, honestly, I'm not, I, I wasn't super impressed. I think the first 15 or 20 minutes, everyone was amped because yep. like they were playing well, honestly, for the first yep. 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then they just like took their foot off the gas and we ended up in a nil nil draw, which against York, like it's, it's hard because we're like, man, we, we've never beaten them ever. Yeah. And it's, I like, we, it's the monkey on our back. <laughs> you know, we really want to beat them and we should have especially after the performance against Pacific and you know, our offense was practically non-existent. The midfield was slow on the uptick. I mean, the only shining point was our defense, which continues to keep us in the game every game. But like at some point we got to start scoring some goals here. (laughs) You're right. You're right about the defense. I mean, by all rights, we should have lost that game. You know, like that was that, you know, Ingham obviously put a friggin' 10 out of 10 performance. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for that, we we easily would have lost that game. Yeah. We lost against York at home. Yeah, and I, I think, again, you know, we talked about Drew Becky's leadership and, and Diego Espeo playing great, and I think both of them had an excellent game, minus the card that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, yeah. Or the double yellow. But, yeah, I, th- I think that they continue to be literally the, the string that's holding the team together. Um, and then, you know, we thought they had solved the midfield problems with moving, you know, Sissoko up to a six and having Ollie in an eight. And, you know, they were playing well, but when they were playing well together, that was good. But we saw, you know, what happens when they don't play well together because our defense and Nathan Ingham were just bailing us out for the entire game, Um, which you, you hate to see it. Honestly, you really hate to see it. Um, it's I'm 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 a little bit torn because I know I know la- like last season obviously it was a huge problem we shipped a lot of goals you know we weren't scoring a lot but we were also conceding a lot and um, <clears throat> obviously I was I did was doing this podcast with Thomas and then mm. we had you know there, there's a line that came out of that which was you know good offenses win you games good defenses win you championships and I mean 
as much as we're you know disappointed in in these past couple games and that we're not scoring and that it's our defense that has to keep us in the game it really could be a lot worse yeah (laughs) we could could be losing these games yeah anyone who's an ato fan last season knows exactly what that's like so but i mean it's tough like if we look at the stats and we're breaking down kind of our offensive stats like we're averaging one goal a game nine percent goal conversion we have two penalty goals 10 out of 81 goals were outside the box zero for or sorry inside the box zero out of 43 goal shots converted to goals outside the box so zero percent outside the box um so it's it's tough because like We've talked about finishing being the the one area I'm going to call the one area of weakness. Um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of our kryptonite right now, um, yeah. and, and you know that's the area that we need to improve. And it just we thought we saw the glimmer <laughs> at the end of the tunnel <laughs> of it improving in the Pacific game, and then uh, and then you know we, we we ended up with a draw against York, and we and a loss against Edmonton. Which was it's, there. it's just it, su- it sucks to, to to have that momentum that we were so stoked mm. about and then have it absolutely just snuffed out in, in you know, a quick one two punch. Yeah, I mean, like it's, uh, you know, I'll call it classic Ottawa sports. Like we're mm. used we're used to it at this point, like the team plays well and then su- suddenly, you know, doesn't for a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a chippy game. You know, we had four yellow cards in the first half. Classic ATO. York battle 36 fouls seven yellows yeah. including a double yellow two red cards like these are becoming chippy games <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> um I mean like I was in the dub for that game and like I gotta say like Becky's second yellow was not a yellow in my opinion that was dumb as shit um you know it was, a dog, it was a dog shit call and it was it just I don't know to me it reinforced like the low caliber of officiating we've seen all season well it was also the first yellow was what with descent like, yeah it was descent it was descent how are, you, how are you gonna give a second yellow after the first yellow being so soft well then the worst, know, like, the worst part was like bad game management you, 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 I rewatched it because I rewatched the game earlier today and I mean, yeah, was it a foul? Yeah, I mean, you could you could easily argue that you know he clipped his clipped his legs, but was it an intentional foul that deserved a yellow card? Like hell no, that deserved hell, a second yellow. Card yeah, hell no. Well? That's, I mean, to me that's that's to me that's just you know that's 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 some Timbits level shit right there. So yeah, no, for um, sure. so that's yeah, I know he, I know he wasn't referring to like this instance in 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 particular, but when you even have a player like Jordan Wilson after the game, you know. Jordan Wilson is a very good leader. He's a he's a good veteran player. Like he is a bedrock of that York United team. When you have someone like him come out and be like, "Listen, these cards, especially early on in the game, are absolutely killing the momentum of these games." Well, it's not just us, man. It's the players. No, and I but but and I think that it's just it's just reinforcing kind of what we've been talking about. And I know some people out there, like on Twitter and stuff, have been like, "Oh, you guys always talk about the refs," but like, how can you not when you have thirty six fouls, seven yellows, including a double yellow and, and two reds? Like, that's a ridiculous amount of fouls and cards for a game. Like, like come on, guys. Like, let the boys play. Um, but again, and I'm the not fact gonna... that it isn't just us is you know yeah well another, and another it's York it's York well. it's York fans it's Forge fans like everyone I talk to um, you know in the Discord and all that stuff like it just it's a running problem and again you know I think that it's going to start hurting the league more than just podcasters bitching about it because now the players are starting <laughs> to get frustrated. Yep, that's true. <laughs> so there's the referent for the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's, I mean, let's jump. Uh, so York game, kind of a snoozer, kind of, su- it sucked obviously to, to only pick yep. up one point. Yep. Then we go to Edmonton and like, ugh, like where the fuck was our team <laughs> in that game? Like, like 
I just I can't, what a like, frustrating watch that was man. yeah and like I, like I was gonna go to the watch party but I came back late um, Father's was, Day yeah so I uh, I took my daughter out to you know the Splash Park well, yeah. <laughs> I, so I had a wedding on Saturday I went to it I was colossally hungover but I powered through it and took my daughter to the water park got home excited I was like oh I'm gonna watch this drub Edmonton bottom of the table Edmonton <laughs> and then oh, it was man. just that was... Ugh, it was like a kick in the dick like it was like, <laughs> I was already hungover and that just didn't help uh, that was supposed to help. It, <laughs> it was, was supposed, supposed to be, to be yeah. like. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. So, so I mean, I, when, we, when we look at the game itself, I mean, I, I, I think that we just let Edmonton play their game. And, Edmonton, and it was the same as the York game, wasn't it? Yeah. Same like thing. We've, we've, we've gotten into this habit, and I've, I've talked about, you know, I hate the fact that they let people shoot from, like, all over. Um, and I think that, you know, when you, when you look at the way that we played both games, like they were so similar, it's just, you know, Edmonton in this case got, I don't want to say they got lucky because honestly they, they outplayed us. And I hate saying that about F the Eddies because, you know, they're like absolute hot garbage right now, but they beat us and, and they didn't just beat us like on a fluke. They, they beat us. And yeah, no, it, it was it was far too close of a game for us to complain that it was lucky. Like it was, you know, that that, that, that was a deserved result. Even though even though the goal was like fluky, what whatever, you make your own luck, man. Like, well, <laughs> they deserve to win the game. But I mean, like, I mean, you say that like the goal is fluky, but like, you know, when we talk about how it happened, it was uh, I'm trying to think. Of it. it was a bis- yeah, it was Bisanth, um, and he had been in that position the entire game, and he had been winning balls off corners and, and set pieces yep. the entire that's game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. You make your own luck, and <laughs> yeah. like, that's exactly what they did. Like, you keep knocking on the door, eventually someone's going to answer. Mm-hmm. And so, they did it. Well, and, and that's just it. And there's nothing Ingham could, like, Nathan, there was basically nothing he could have done to, to stop that because it was, like, point-blank header into the net. Like, So, uh, so yeah, it sucks because it's just like, man, FC Edmonton, 50% more shots on target uh, and more shots than us. We had 12 corners, zero capitalized on a corner. Like, it was just a disaster. Honestly, it was an unmitigated disaster. And the one thing that I'm, I'm hoping that the team takes away from this is, like, we've seen what this team can do when they play well, mm-hmm. and now we've seen what this team can do when they don't play well. Yeah. And, you know, we've got how many days? Well, 11 days to the next game. I think the 30th is the next game. Yeah. So, not, so 10 days, 11 days. Uh, so I'm hoping... That Queasy and Cargo really t- take that on board and make some changes again. Um, and they don't have to be drastic changes. I just think like we saw the weakness of some of the mix of players. And it sucks. Not having Drew Becky sucks. Like he honestly yeah. keeps the team together. That, that did. I mean, like, <laughs> well, that, that's the thing is that, like, you know, as much as Espeo and Suzoko is a great center back pairing, I mean, we were missing Becky and we we're still missing Neba. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, yeah. So, and, but, yeah, we're, but, but I mean, we're still solid defensively, even with that with that depth. So it, it is incredible. But it's our attack, man. Like, what's what's? Here's, you know what? Here's here's something I want to ask you. Here's here's my mailbag question right now. Why <laughs> early early so, mailbag. Early okay. mailbag question. Just because it just I'm just thinking about this in my head now. Mm-hmm. Why are we so poor against the bottom of the table teams, yet have such good results against the top of the table teams? I mean, we have a win against Pacific, a win against Calvary, a draw away against Forge. Yet we fucking lost against Edmonton. We can't seem to beat York. We lost six one to Valor. I mean, what is it that when we're playing these low? Is it be, is it because you know? Uh, there is is it because we've been found out as or or is it because we're we have to deal with being a top of the table team now where we're playing teams that are going to sit back and defend against us um i think it's a, a little bit of both i also think on top of that you know when you when you talk about us playing teams that 
are at the bottom of the table. These teams have nothing to lose, really, because, you know, Edmonton is probably going to finish bottom of the table again this season based on we're almost halfway through the season and they're they're way down there. Um, And, you know, I just I just think like I don't know if it's like cargo takes it for granted that like, okay well, we just or even the players like I don't I don't know what the disconnect is where I'm like, are you are you going to try this game? Like, yes, going to Edmonton away. We beat them already away. You know they're, they're they're terrible, and I think that that almost got into the guys' heads, maybe. Um, and the coaches said that like, okay, well we can we can try some, we can slot some new players in, we can change out some of the starting lineup, we can play some of the younger guys, which I think we obviously we have to do. But when you see the result like that, you're like, oh my god, like can we not like we we pre- we press when we need to press against Pacific, against you know Forge, um, we press when we need to press, and then and then we kind of just like we'll sit back against the lower tier teams. Being like, oh well, you know, we'll, I guess we'll salvage a draw or or a loss in this case. Like, it's just I don't know. It's it's frustrating because I think that you're right. I think that we have this like affinity for playing shitty against sh- shitty teams and then really good against good teams. <laughs> so <laughs> I just it's, consistency, guys. I just want some consistency. One 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 stat that really makes me upset about these past two games is: um, Would you like to know how many shots on target we had in our past two games? Yes, two. Great, we're the best. We had one against York, and we had one against Edmonton. And our one against York came to their four against us. Our one against Edmonton came to their six against us. Which is just bonkers to me. Like, we're not a team that traditionally has had had a t- such a terrible shots on target. I mean, like, yes, we have the occasional game where, you know, we'll, we'll put up a few wild ones past the touchline, but, like, most of the time we're sitting at, like, 40-50% shots on target, and we just utterly, utterly failed in these two games. Do you want to know how many shots on target we had against Pacific in our 1-0 loss? Go for it. 11. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, again, I think that that's how you feel better in a 1-0 loss to... Pacific than a zero zero draw with York or a one nil uh, loss. To oh God! It's their first win since November thirtieth, two thousand twenty one. It's their well, first. It's the- their first win. Sorry, their first win since November of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's it's and the, 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 what makes it even worse is I think it was Bryce that brought this up on the on the hot stove beforehand. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, like we. This is a must win for multiple reasons. And one of them is that we don't want to be both the team that lost 6-1, had the meme result of the season mm-hmm. against Valor, and also be the team that hands Edmonton their first win. And we did both. Our, and we did both of those things. Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like, again, the team isn't bad. I just, I, I worry when I see performances like the last two, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. Like where, like, why is there such a wild disconnect between where we were against Pacific and, and then where we are now after two two losses or a loss and a tie to and two games mean, that we should have won. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. We are not bad. We're in third still. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, we're, and we're also still third in the form table as well. We're not like mm-hmm. Pacific, who is basically rock bottom in the form table right now. I think they've got two points in their last five. Yep. We still have like, I think, 10 in our last five. So, I mean, like we're still... Yeah. Yeah, there's we're good there. There's good, good there. Yeah. Like we're comparatively, but I mean, there's just nothing. And there was nothing inspiring about those last two games. N- nothing about those last two games make me think we can bring any points from the rest of this road trip. Yeah, this well, was supposed to be our guaranteed three on this run of three games away from home. And if we play like that, I don't see us taking any points at Wanderers Grounds. I don't see us taking any points at Tim Hortons Field. Yeah, um, I mean, Wanderers are on a little bit of a skid lately, so, I mean, that's in our favor, obviously, but, but yeah, Forge is a whole other beast, especially at home. Um, 
yeah, I have some concerns. We'll call them <laughs> about uh, so well, I, especially right, with 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 Forge and with Cavalry as well. I mean, talk about timing. You know, when both of those teams turn into the juggernauts that we know that they can be, all of a sudden they hit their stride right now, and then we're yeah we're doing the opposite essentially. Yeah, so hopefully we can uh, we can you know tighten it up for those games. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's let's jump to let's jump to standout players. I want to hear from you. Who? Yeah, is, we'll switch Was there was there any stuff. for you? <laughs> for me, it's we already went over this, but it's basically the defense. I thought mm-hmm. the defense was stellar in both of those games. I mean, just especially with. Um, uh, even though York doesn't score a lot of goals, they're they are they're also just one of those situations where things just aren't clicking, even though they have a lot of the right pieces. Mm. Um, so a really good defense like ours is what it takes for them to not be able to break through. Um, and that really good defense was also what took Edmonton to not break through until their uh, janky set-piece goal. So our, yeah. our defense, I think, is still fantastic. You know, obviously, Espeo is incredible. Ingham is incredible. Becky, when he's you know not getting sent off, is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree with you. I think that like Diego obviously is is keeping it together. Man, that guy wins so many balls in the air it's on like crosses hard. and stuff. Like amazing. Um, you know, I I really liked Miguel Acosta both games. Yeah. Um, yeah. he was super solid. Uh, awesome balls played out to the wings. Pretty much every transition he was there. And I I like so the thing I like about Miguel is. If for whatever reason there's like a weird, you know, uh, deflection or whatever, or like he accidentally gives the ball away for whatever reason, loses possession, like he will always chase down the ball, always, oh, yeah. if if he can, and it's within his zone, right? So like I think that he was instrumental in shutting down the York offense because you watched him chase York forwards down that down that right side of the field mm-hmm. and just absolutely dummy them on the on the sides, and like yeah, it's not pretty, you know, he's not making a lot of I'm gonna call him pretty like fancy plays, but like. Again, consistent, consistent, consistent. Miguel, if he's chasing yeah. someone down, you're like, okay, I'm I'm not worried that this dude's gonna gonna burn him because Miguel has great feet. So so yeah, yeah. for sure. And I mean, he like and he did get burned by Abzi a few times, but most right backs do. And if it wasn't for someone as good as him, he would have got burned a whole lot more times, and we we probably could have lost that game. Like he did about as good of a job as you can really expect. A right guess, back to do against a player like that. Yeah, a player who's now being picked up by uh, I think it's he's going to France League Two now. <laughs> he's going. He's going to France. Yeah. Yeah. So so again, good riddance, uh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> God, that dude's a menace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glad he's out of the league. Obviously, saying "Glad you're out of the league" and "Good riddance" is like a positive thing. I mean, yeah, it's an incredible us, step up. But like, you know, good fucking riddance, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do. I do hope he kills it over there because no, yeah, more for sure. Of transfers happen. Well, and I, I guess there was just one announced. I don't know if you saw it today. Um, I'm trying to think. It was a, a Valor. Victor Latoury. Yeah, he's going to Calvary. Yeah, he's going to or yeah, he's going, he's to, going Scotland. to Scotland. Scotland League or Scottish League. So yeah. Awesome, awesome. We love to see the fact that like players are being picked up out of the CPL to go to higher leagues in Europe. But, yep. uh, but Miguel Costa, love the guy, played great. Um, I was I was happy with Carl Howarth. Honestly, I, I think he played a couple solid games when he uh, came yeah. on. Yep. Um, he had to, you know, he's wearing the armband for Drew in the FC Edmonton game. I think you saw the the difference um, just because Drew brings that like calm to the field. I find, and he's, he's very like directive, and you know. Carl has a he's obviously like a, a veteran player and brought you know what we needed to the game but at the same time like we we didn't win so um, and I'm not saying that those two things are <laughs> interlinked but but it's <laughs> but it is tough like honestly it's tough for a team to lose their captain off like a janky shitty penalty that shouldn't have happened and then you know now we're going to Edmonton down one player Neba's out Becky's now out um, 
and we should we still should have won honestly like uh, you know again we that was a game that was, should have been three points well i mean i have to i have to say and we'll talk about this later in disappointments for sure but when you see things like malcolm shaw missing that one-on-one chance yeah it's like man this is like that 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 isn't that just a perfect metaphor for for how our our attack is, is going right now i mean yeah you know, 2021 he buries that easily like yeah it's just, you're one-on-one with the keeper bro like you need to be if you're gonna like you are one of our talismanic attacking players like we just you know signed you on a multi-year deal based Based on how you did in 2021, you need to be burying those chances. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, um, and then yeah, then I'll round out my my stand up. <laughs> Sorry, we're supposed to be talking about positive <laughs> here. Aren't we? We I mean, we'll get there. Uh, but but yeah, my last one is definitely Nathan Ingham. I mean, good God, that man is really keeping yep. us in a lot of games. Mm. Um, you know, they're honestly the defense and Nathan Ingham are the reason we're at number three on the table right now. Oh yeah, if it's, they it's, if they true. slipped up even once, we would be way lower. So well, I mean, that's even I mean, up until the Edmonton game, those six goals we shipped against Valor were half of the goals we had shipped across the entire season. Yep. So it's there, and I mean, I know like when. When we got Ingham, there was, you know, the the more sort of sore, salty York fans were, you know, didn't necessarily want to big up him. They would be like, oh, he's got a lot. He's got a, mis- a howler of a mistake in him sometimes. Mm. And, you know, it's he's just becoming more of a mature player that you I don't really see that. I mean, there was this one moment, I think it was in the York game, where he gave this awful uh, giveaway. Yeah. I remember that a, di- a distribution when he was when he was rolling the ball out or kicking it out and you know right to I think it was right to Dero and it was. Then, you know almost mm-hmm. conceded a goal off of that, but I haven't seen that you know definitely not one per game this season I I, I could probably count the those on you know less than one hand yeah for he sure doesn't make those howlers very no. often no exactly and I mean again when that happened I think everyone in the dub was like, yeah. <laughs> like no Nathan no but like yeah. but. You know, it is it is what it is, and we made uh, we made do with it. He's so. been keeping us in games. I mean, he kept us in the York game. That's for damn sure. We would we would have lost that game without him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I guess we'll just jump right into disappointments because you're you're so hot to trot on it. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I was just. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. I was just disappointed overall, um, and I think oh, I, overall, yeah. I think the I think we share that sentiment with with the CCSG membership and ATO fans everywhere, like. Sissoko in the six was decent, but wasn't as good as I wanted him to be. Like Malcolm Shaw, you're right, basically non-existent in the offense, which sucked. Um, McKendry and Boo, it's in the mids, like not, not, not stand out at all. Um, hey, well, the weird thing about Bahus is like, I, I watch him play. I watch him when he gets the ball, and I watch the things that he does. And it's he's the prototypical like, absolutely bags of potential but he's still very sort of immature as a player. Like there's a lot of times where he had it where he, you know, when he took the shot when there was like two players wide open to get a pass to. Yep. But, you know, for him to get in the position to take that shot required an immense amount of talent and an immense amount of raw potential, which he has. Yeah. But he's not, obviously we gave, we gave him the last two starts and we need to start doing that more because we need those under 21 minutes. But he's definitely not someone we can count on as like a starting eleven midfield three type of player. You know, it's it's just, he's just too erratic. He's just too young. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'll counterpoint that because I, I agree with you. I think that we need to start playing him more often. I just think we need to start handcuffing him to like the other mids, like handcuffing him to Ollie Bassett. Like bring out like use our guys that have some experience to like mentor him in that role because he is he's a young dude he's coming into the league you know hot under the collar and he yeah you're right I think that his biggest issue is like 
he wants everything to happen now. He wants to score goals now. He wants yeah. to like play around players. He wants to do all this stuff. And it's like, okay, but like yeah. sometimes like if you just take a look, you will see that, you know, Shaw's open or, or Ollie's open in the middle or whatever. Like Sissoko's open on the back. And yeah. instead he's just like, oh, I'm just going to play it because I'm good. And it's like, yeah, we yeah. get it. You're good. But like there's being good. And then there's like playing strategically. And I yeah. just think we didn't see a lot of that. I do. I do. I do think that like. I don't think I I personally would put him under the disappointment category like at all like I think I, I think his last two starts were you know it shows that he has an extremely bright bright future in this game you know obviously Definitely. he didn't put his stamp on those two games but I mean he showed what he's you know capable of and as as the years go by and he becomes more disciplined and him and he just becomes more mature then you know there's there's a hell of a player yeah in there. Uh, yeah for sure and I, I'm hoping that over the course of the next you know second half of the season or second 60% of the season or whatever it is now mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you know we're able to start developing him into that player because yeah. I think he could be an absolute lethal weapon in the mids if we can just kind of get him there um, well he's already been getting better every game right? yeah for so sure for sure yeah. but like yeah again I wouldn't put him in the disappointments but like it was, he definitely wasn't in the standouts either he was kind of just like there yeah um, ugh, man, uh, Brian Wright, uh, like <laughs> it, it like pains me to constantly leave him on this, on the shit list because like, he's not a bad player. He's not, mm. I just think he, like so far this season, I mean, like you look at his stats, he averages 11 passes per game and I get it. He's a forward and like doesn't pass a lot. However, 11 passes a game and misplays 46% of them. So you're talking a 50% pass failure rate. And like, I get it. He's a finisher. Like, but even in that department, he really hasn't been finishing for us either. But missing 50% of your passes shows an extreme lack of hold-up play. Yep. I mean, if you're that big man striker at the top that gets a long ball, you're supposed to be able to lay that ball off to someone and then go make the run. But instead, he just, for the most part, is kind of a black hole in possession. It gets, ball gets to him and then he loses it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like... I have to give credit where credit's due. Like, I like him better as a sub. I like him coming on late game versus playing, you know, 60, 65 minutes. Um, but my issue is, like, he's just... it's He's just slow on the ball, honestly. Like, if he loses possession, it's just like, he just gives up. It's done now. He yeah, just gives up. Now. And it's like, one of my biggest pet peeves in football is players that just like, oh, they're, they're like talented, but they just don't try if they lose the ball they're like oh well you know I'll put my foot out and maybe get it back but like if not I'm not going to chase the guy down and I'm like I, I contrast that with like uh, you know Miguel Acosta or like a, even Diego Espeo or Ollie Bassett like those guys will chase someone around if they lose the ball because they're like ah shit yeah. I you know I, I shouldn't have played that way I guess I, I have to try and win the ball back whereas Brian yeah. Wright kind of just puts his hands up and he's like oh well you know hopefully the mids can get it and it's like man yeah. don't do that <laughs> I don't do well, that. The thing, the, and I, it's, it sucks to say, but those, these past two games, like more often than not, a ball to Brian or a ball to Vlad is going to result in a counterattack from the other team because yeah. they're going to get it and then they're going to lose it. And it's funny that you mentioned that because Vlad Moragrega is the last man on my disappointment list. I mean, like yeah. it's fairly long after these two games, but um, yeah, just more disappointment from Vlad. Um I mean, it sucks because, like, offense is our biggest issue right now. And, you know, we were really looking for him as, like, maybe a power forward or playmaker. He was supposed to be, like, yeah. the silver bullet. We were like, Vlad the chat, it's going to be great. And then, like, he's kind of just been like, Ugh, okay, but, like, it still makes mistakes. He doesn't do anything. He no. doesn't do anything. Has I, have, I don't know if I've ever seen him make a shot on target. I think I saw him fluff some shot outside the post in the last game. But he just, he gets the ball 
and then he loses it, and he gives up dumb fouls. I mean, I, I, his fouling numbers, oh my as God. far as how many yeah. fouls he's given up, are, are like twice as much as the next worst in the team right now. Like, they're actually ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And he also gets cards for it, and he just jumps around, and he's clumsy, and he's just, he's just not like that super uh, strong, overpowering presence up top that I was really hoping he was going to be. I yeah, mean, you and know, I, he's the same thing. He gets the ball, he loses it. He might as well not be on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. So, it, so it's tough because like we have these studs in the back, and like kind of we're fizzling in the front, and it's tough to see yeah. that every game. So, um, so yeah, if, if we look at both games as like a whole, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think we just let York and Edmonton just control the pace and the flow of the game, both games. Yep. Um, you know, I've been ringing the alarm a bit on here about letting teams have room room to move and shape, and. Like, especially in our third in both these games, we were just like, all right, I guess we'll just let them set up whatever play they want to do. And it's like, man, like we need to shut those down. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not pointing fingers at any specific player, but like, I'm just like, we just weren't, we just weren't putting the effort in, I don't think. Um, and, and it was frustrating. Like you saw it on the field, some of the, you know, Nathan Ingham yelling at guys, throwing his hands up, you know, guys would get the ball, uh, you know, in the mids and they'd have a look around. There's just nobody. And they'd be like, yeah. get open, get open. And I'm like, you never want to see whoever has possession of the ball on ATO having to yell at other people to get open. Like, yeah. So, so it sucks. Um, that being said, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping that we learn from the loss because like we were riding high like you and I were like you know hot to trot on like oh, we're the best we're gonna win the league and I think everyone <laughs> everyone else is on board with that um, and I mean we're gonna go top of the league when we get results in these next two games it was like it was it was a it was a foregone conclusion yeah and here we are um, so yeah I mean I think we still we still can get there I just think that like we're gonna have to work for it we're gonna have to get our hands yeah. hands dirty and you know we're not a again ATO like to me is not a finesse team we're not pacific we're not like a very like clinical team i think you know we're we're a team that really puts puts the when we play well puts the effort in and grinds the other team down and then you know come out with a w and i think that's the way we have to play and neither of these games we played like that it was well the rough thing is that this is that been both either both of those games the other team did that to us yep you know what i mean and um I mean, especially York, holy fuck. Like, what's, it's, I think after, after that game, I, was, I can't remember where I said it, but I was like, man, like, the the antics, the cards, the friggin' chippiness, the diving, the black magic and stuff, why are York more Atletico than Atletico is? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. I think they, 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 I don't know if they've, like, learned from us. And, and start... they never concede goals, but they don't score that many either. It's like, they, they literally have Atletico DNA written all over them. Yeah, but they're like... Why do we let them frustrate us so much? <laughs> We don't, because we are Whoville. So, <laughs> but it's it's funny that we bring this up because I'm pretty sure Cargo actually said that in the post presser as well. He, he said, did. We let them play their game. Yeah. You know, like we played our game for the first 15, 20 minutes, and then we just turned it over and then let them dictate how it was going to go. We did it against them, and we did it against Edmonton, even though they only had 43% possession. It's still very much they played the type of game they wanted to play. Yep. For the yep. whole game. Yep. All game. So. You know, don't do that again in the future, please. <laughs> if you're listening out there, Cargo, like, it's, it's just it's, frust- it's frustrating as a fan to watch because we've seen what we can do when we're on, and then now we've seen what we can do when we're completely switched off. And as much as we shit on the players these last two games, I honestly think that both of them were complete failures tactically. Yes. Especially the York game. Yes. Especially the York game. I mean, like, we just, uh, they, they pushed us out to the wings, and then they nullified our wing play. 
Yep. Yeah. That's and what it, happened. And, and and I'm not saying like we played like you know shitty. It was just like we let them do what they wanted. They controlled mm-hmm. the, the pace the whole game, almost yep. the whole game. We, yeah, we got it wrong. I mean, even the Edmonton game, we were talking about it um, afterwards, and what we were watching as well. There was just this massive gap in the midfield between the defense and the attack, and then that's why we were just long ball, long ball, long ball. Oh, the so dump and chase was brutal. It was terrible. It was brutal. And that's why you know we we shit on Vlad and Brian for like oh they get the ball and then they lose it, but you know it's because they just got a long ball <laughs> and there's no one else up there with them. They don't have anything else to do with it. Yeah, no, for sure. So I mean, yeah, those are I think those are things that like I'm hoping over the next ten days are are really 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 narrow focus pieces for the team to like yeah. address so um we talked about it a bit earlier i won't again i'm not gonna spend a gajillion minutes on it but like officiating absolute shit in the york game um but even even in the edmonton game like i'm watching and when they whistled down uh, carl howarth was about to take a throw and they whistled yeah. they whistled it down to give out a yellow card to abdul sissoko on yeah. on edmonton i was just like that is some timbits level decision making like why yeah, awesome. are you holding up an attack to give the other team a yellow card like <laughs> mind-blowing mind-blowing to me <laughs> so and, and it, again it completely took the wind out of that the sails of that attack because like we were yeah. pressing super hard and then suddenly it's like oh we gotta wait and he has to like get the card and like write it in his little book and i'm like bro like I'll say it again for CPL fans across Canada and the players and coaches from what we've you know heard like get it together Canada soccer like holy shit it's it's just frustrating it's frustrating to, to watch stuff like that well I mean but like back, the thing is like like Drew Becky is like the nicest man in the world like he does he has not deserved two red cards this season no I mean, he even said it on Twitter he's like I went like 10 years without getting a red now I've got two in one year like we're not even halfway through like you fucking but I mean look look how he got the red that's look at how he got them that's, exactly that stupid so stomp dumb. and like which wasn't a red and then and then this which wasn't a double yellow so like yeah. I mean I feel for the guy Cause like it sucks for us, but also like he's just a good person, and I'm like, man, like <laughs> I know it's so so. And you, you know, what else I feel bad for too is freaking Cedric Toussaint. He's yeah. got two reds this season, and neither of them were reds. Especially, yeah. you remember the first one where it was when he got like his legs got caught up with Chris Manella, yeah, and then he came out of it with a red for some reason. I was like, man, that sucks for you, bro. And then <laughs> this one was like the same thing. I mean, it was a tackle. I think it, you know, it was. They're probably not going to win the. They're not going to win the appeal, but I can see why they made the appeal. Yeah, you know, for he, sure. did, he did go studs up into the ankle. Like you, I could see it not being a red on the on the on the field. Yeah, but the ref didn't make a mistake, so like you know, there, it's not going to be uh, the PL isn't going to win. But it was also you know not the most egregious red I've seen. It was not in my life. Yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, Johnny, let's uh, let's let's hear from you. Areas for improvement. Where do you think? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> How much time do you guys have on this one? <laughs> well, I really hate that. I, I, for our like streak there, we were so stoked that we were like, oh man, we finally moved to like a more sort of four three three style of formation. Like this is really great. Mm. And then we just reverted back to the the three at the back yep. that, that we had in the beginning of the season. Why did we do that? I don't know. We we, we have this like intense separation between the defense and the attack. And because you know we've got we've got the, the the three center backs and then the two wing backs and then everyone else is basically either pushed up too high or pushed up too low. Yep. I mean the amount of times I saw Carl Howarth get the ball and run up the wing and really have no one to like lay it off to because there was no one else you know with him. Either Brian's up way too high, or his you know central mids are like way too far back. It's just there's really there's the hook in between the midfield and the attack is just 
it, it, it's kind of fallen away in the past few games, and I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, and it's I think it's a, it came as a surprise definitely for me. I, I, we started to see it, I think, a little bit in the York game, and then like I was like, oh, maybe they'll just like fix that. And then yeah. I and then we just continue to see it in the Edmonton game, and it's frustrating because because yeah. control of the midfield was a high point for us for a little while, um, and in these games we kind of just like you know we, we were like oh they've got to figure it out with Ollie and, and Sissoko and like holy shit these these two games were just extremely messy in the middle of the field, yeah. and a lot of the attacking chances for both teams just came out of misplays or or like you said like just guys being out of position, and then it's like well who do I pass to when there's no one to pass to like yeah. so. Yeah, um, I mean, what 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 from this season made you think it was a good idea to have Baloo Tablet playing as a wing back again? Um, you know what I mean, like, what what made you think that like throwing him back there was going to be you know a good idea? Was it because you wanted to try and and, and uh, uh, punish York on the wings because that didn't fucking work? Well, but, but <laughs> it definitely didn't. But also, like, it nullified what I think Baloo Tablet's role is. It completely nullified it. Like we've seen Baloo play like incredible football on the pitch but like when you put him out there i just find he like just disappears and it's like okay well he's supposed to be uh, one of the key keystone players on our team and he can be he can be when he's in the right position yeah uh but i just yeah i agree with you that they putting him out of the wing i'm like stop doing that like stop i do i, I do <laughs> i do think i do think that starting carl howarth on the right wing you know showed us that we need to be starting him on the right wing a whole lot more often agreed especially at the beginning of that game when he was like driving down to the byline and hitting those crosses but that's what i mean like, like yes, and we, and we saw it and we saw it over and over again and i i again I, that's why he's on my stand-up players list because like carl played a couple really great games and i I think that he established himself as you know a, a, a kind of drive it to the corner and cross it to the center of the 18 and all of his crosses were like threatening crosses like we've seen some crosses that were given that were just like Ugh. like it's just it's somewhere in the middle of the pitch and like hopefully you get it no like yeah. all of Carl's were like directive and I love to no, see that yeah, he's a specialist. He's a specialist. Exactly. And, and even when he's not, even when he's not crossing, sometimes he gets the ball. And he'll choose the inside route instead, and so, he'll get the inside route, and then he'll play some beauty pass. You'd think he was a friggin' number ten. And yeah. He's just he's very deadly on that right wing. I mean, maybe it was the the protein shakes that he was drinking in the ad. <laughs> <laughs> From the ad. <laughs> if in case if anyone, you haven't seen, yeah. if you haven't <laughs> they're seen, they're this fantastic. Hilarious. Carl Howard protein shake ad. Yeah, yeah. It's on our Twitter. It's on the ATO Twitter, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's you know he's a he's a he's a great footballer. He's an even better actor. <laughs> yeah, so definitely check it out. But I think that maybe was the key to him being amazing. So keep yeah. drinking those protein shakes, Carl. That's we like special that. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, you. What what else we got to improve? I know what you're gonna say. Now. Finishing, it's got to be finishing. Yep. It's yep. you know what? I'm not gonna say much more than that. Uh, we we just have tons of chances and we never put it in the net. You know, either we're like either we're like hanging on to it too long or not hanging on to it yeah. long enough and just taking yeah. a wild shot or trying to be fancy to get a perfect shot. And I'm like, it's costing us every time. Every time, I'm just like, just either like take the shot. Or pass it to someone that can take the shot. <laughs> like yeah. instead, there's like I'm just gonna dribble around a bit and lose the ball. And I'm like, and man, then lose it. It's like, counter, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I mean, you're you're right. It's either we hold on to it too long or we don't hold on to it long enough. There is a sweet spot there when you're dialed into the zone. Yeah. What's happening now is you know in 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 hockey they'll call it you know you're squeezing the stick or. In England, they they'll say you know you're snatching at your chances. Like yeah. just, you're not getting that perfect level of 
the just the right amount of passes before taking the shot. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's just it's. And why are we not dialed in that way yet? Is the question? Is it because of the players? Is it because of the tactics? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, at this point, I think that tactically we were weak, and I think some players didn't live up to where we wanted them to be. But at the same time, like. You know, maybe it was a, a perfect storm for some of these games, especially the Edmonton game where, you know, tactically we were shit and then the players just weren't in it either, right? Like, I don't... I, I would love to be a fly on the wall, I think, in the, the halftime and the after-game locker room just to hear what Carlos was saying to yeah. to the players. But, you know, we're, we're not privy to that. All we're doing is looking from the outside, so... It's it's rough because like you you can you can you can argue about both things. You can say oh t- if we weren't getting any chances, then we could say oh it's a tactics thing. But you know sometimes we do get chances, and and but if we go for a through a game when we only have one shot on target and we don't get enough chances, we can say okay that's a tactics thing. But then we go when we talk about a game like the Edmonton game when we had a few clear cut chances that didn't go in. Obviously we had the early break with the Malcolm Shaw chance that he, you know, bungled and didn't put it in. We had the Carl Howarth off of the cross. You know, he, he tried to head it or like knee it and got caught in between mines and then didn't do anything. And yep. that, that should have been a goal. That should have been a clear goal. Yeah. Like there was multiple clear he had he had a really great shot off his left foot that probably should have went in as well, but that he, you know, skied it a little bit. Um there was these chances yeah, that threat, really threatening, should be threatening. going Honestly, in. Honestly, we, 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 we threaten a lot. We just don't go through with the threats. And, and they that's need the to part. be turned into goals. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Thing, and that, that's where you switch from blaming the tactics. It's like, okay, maybe you know there also is some blame on the players for not finishing these chances that need to be finished. Yeah, so so again, I'm, I'm hoping that you know in the next 10 days, that's what they start focusing on because... If we see more play like we saw in the last two games, like, I mean, we're in trouble. Like, I'm just going to say oh, yeah. it. Um, no, I, I said it earlier in the show. I mean, if we play like these last two games, we're not getting anything from Halifax. We're not getting anything from Forge. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my areas Anyways. for improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Finishing, finishing, finishing. Yes. So, you've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG. Mailbag. Mailbag time. Welcome to the mailbag. Uh, it's a segment of the ATO After the Whistle podcast where we take questions and topics exclusively from CCSG members. Just so you. yeah, so you see what happens when you join CCSG. You get an extra segment of the podcast just for you. So uh, I'll kick it off. Any question, good or yeah. bad? Any question, yeah. good any, or bad? Even, we'll even dumb questions, we may even ask those. So. Um, <laughs> we uh, got a, you probably would we guess we got a lot. This a lot. <laughs> we got a lot of questions. The we'll mailbag's see how very many full. we get through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so all right. So I'll throw one to throw one to you, Johnny. So kick it off. Now that we have a good chunk of the season done with, who are the players you have on your radar for potential winners of the CCSG Golden Scarf? On one hand, it may seem too early to ask the question, but on the other hand. I mean, this, the questioner wants the scarf to be one more thing our lads strive for. So who do, you, who do you got on your radar? Hilarious timing for this question because, you know, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure this came before the Edmonton game because they probably wouldn't have asked it after that. But um, I think, you know, I think it, any of our clear front runners are in the back line. Yep. Nathan Ingham, Diego Espeo, uh, you know, Drew Becky I'd probably throw on there as well. Um 
yeah, these these are my potential golden scarf. Novels. I like I like I like Ollie Bassett for that too. If we're gonna expand, oh yeah, outside. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, Ollie Bassett is also a clear runner. Yeah, yeah, he's it. he's definitely the the one that's outside the defense that has been a standout for most of the season. Yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah, I think that our our defensive line is definitely looking at golden scarf territory right now. Yeah, which is nice. I love it when defend when defensive players get these sort of accolades because a lot of times they don't. You know. But de- defenders don't win Ballon d'Ors. Keepers don't win Ballon d'Ors. Like yeah. it's all you know, you strikers and wingers and shit like and that. And what so. we're saying is the Golden Scarf is equivalent to the Ballon d'Or. That's what equivalent we're <laughs> to the Ballon d'Or. It's basically the same ha- thing. Right, how many Golden Scarves does Messi have? Zero. How many does Malcolm Shaw have? More than Messi. That's for exactly. Damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Okay. All right, hit here's, me with a, one. here's a yeah. Here's a good one. With the July seventh transfer window. I didn't know that's when it opened, but I guess that's uh, that's when it opens. It opens on my birthday, actually. Uh, so, I'd love to see it. Hopefully you, you get it. a good present yeah, <laughs> in the transfer window. With the July 7th transfer window about to swing open and Ottawa sitting at 9% conversion rate, are looking for a new forward. Are we looking for a new forward and are we offloading anyone to make roster space? Ooh, good question. Um, we need someone in the offense that's going to fire up what we like so i think we have a a foundation there because we obviously have malcolm shaw who's you know we've got him long term he's and we've seen what he can do last season um i think that that vlad you know needs some work um so do i hope we sign a forward yeah 100 i think we need a stud up in the front that will not only be able to score goals but also be able to drive the rest of the forwards ahead because right now we kind of like I'm, I'm going to call it complacency in the in the forward lineup where you know they're perfectly happy just like getting a few chances and hopefully scoring a goal and i'm like man like we need someone to come into this team we need cargo to go out and like sign someone that will shake things up in the front line so that you know you're now worried of like oh am i gonna start because yeah. you know if i don't put the effort in i'm not gonna start and yeah. Uh, so I would love to. I would love to see us sign a, a stud forward. It, it just even just to like put them into the mix to see how it shakes out for us in the mm-hmm. offensive line. Because what we're doing right now is just not working. Like yeah. we've seen it. You know, our defense is great. The midfields uh, are hot and cold right now. Um, I think that you know as time goes on, I'm hoping that like we continue to shape them into like a hotter side than colder side. But our our offense has just been like cold all season so it's just not working yeah so, working. so something needs to change something needs to shake up i feel like we need a striker that's different yeah. from vlad or brian like something that brings something different yeah i think we need uh i'm gonna call it like i mean i'm a liverpool fan so i think we almost need like uh luis diaz who is a not a not, he's not like necessarily a, a strictly finishing player he has finesse and i think that's what mm-hmm. we're missing right now it's like malcolm shaw's a finisher brian wright's a finisher Vladimir Gregor, like we're not really sure where he fits right now. I think we need someone who is like a clinical, like, like finesse player to like move the ball around. You know, like yeah, like like a Diaz or a Sala. Like we need someone like like that, right? It's really annoying because we have one, but we keep playing him at right wing back. Yes, yes, that's that's <laughs> accurate. That is accurate. So to answer this question for the li- for the listener out there, uh, yeah, we'd love to see us sign a sign a stud forward. I think that it, that has to be our focus. We've generally figured out the midfield once we kind of get players back where we need them. The defense is is untouchable. So so I think that's the area that we got to focus on. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, let's let's throw one to you. Um, how concerning do you find the lack of on field leadership in the absence of Drew Becky? 
Um, I don't know if the Edmonton game can be can be boiled down to leadership. I don't know if we really have an absence of leadership. I mean, obviously Drew Brecky is is irreplaceable, but I don't think that um, we you know fall apart when he's not there. Yeah. I think we're a far mentally stronger team this season than we were last season. So, and I mean, you know, last time we lost Drew Becky, we what was what was the game? You 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 watched it with him at the at the GCP, right? Which game was that? Uh, was that away to York? Yeah, it was. No, uh, no it was. Yeah? Uh, it was, a, it was a, when he got his red. Yeah, uh, it was a home game. I watched it happen. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, what, what was the game he missed? Oh, he missed oh, three games after that. He missed that. three because we appealed yeah. it late, apparently. So. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like we fell apart. No, it was three games. You know what I mean? When he wasn't there, and you know, we didn't fall apart against Edmonton. We just played like shit. So, I don't know if it was really a leadership issue. Issue. I mean, I, th- I don't I think, think it's a. I, I, I don't think, think it's worrying, you know. No, I, mean? like we've I think Carl the fl- there. We've got we've got Ben McKendry there as well. Yeah. Like we have we have these strong these strong leaders. Even other new guys like Abdu Suzoko, that that's the guy's a veteran. Like yeah. he definitely has these leadership qualities. I mean, Nathan Ingham as yeah, well. Carl Howarth, yeah, for sure. I, I I mean, I think the, the the flip side to the coin that we're talking about on this is like, we've seen how Drew handles pressure and how he leads the team and we've talked about it in a bunch of episodes like he is a a born and bred captain i think um Mm -hmm. and yeah do we do we play i'm gonna say like not as good without him i would i would say probably not only because he's the captain but because he is a stellar defender um but yeah yeah it's a it's a that's a that's a a fiery question i like it (laughs) well the thing is it also kind of leads into this one which i think could answer this one that's Mm. going to throw to you right now um against and you kind of brought this up earlier we can talk more about it uh against edmonton we conceded from a corner um but uh, besainth won multiple back post headers from set pieces before the one that he scored that's what you said he went and did it over and over again where does the blame lie in the abject failure to recognize and mitigate this edmonton threat it was clearly a game plan and they hit them there over and over and over again. Do you think that happens if Drew Becky's on the pitch? No, I honestly does he don't. recognize that? Yeah, I do think he does, and I think that I think that again that 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 is indicative of Drew Becky's experience. I think that I've seen like we've seen him play games where he will shift the defense where they need to be, and then but the problem is when he's not there, you know we've got Diego Espeo in the middle who's who's a who's an absolute menace to any attacker. Mm-hmm. But he was kind of all of our defenders really were kind of like completely off Biasaint when he got that header and which which was kind of mind boggling to me and I think to everyone else watching it was just like okay well this guy's been doing this all game like for yeah. five four corners in a row or whatever mm-hmm. four free because there's a ton of free kicks for some reason. Yeah. Um, oh my god, so many, so many, such so, like threatening places too. Yeah, like, what? Like, of course, it's a foul. I'm like, no, oh my god, can we not keep getting kicks from there? The amount of times I yelled, "Please stop doing that!" Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think that like we saw it over and over and over again, and finally he capitalized on it. And like, I mean, I think it's a testament to like his his skill. Like, Bicent is like a pretty good player, and he ha- he was where he needed to be. But I, I think that if Becky's on there, like that wouldn't have happened. I think he would have recognized it early on and made some changes in order to counter that, and we just didn't, and it ended and maybe, up costing maybe, us the game. Yeah, and maybe that does speak to a, a lack of whether it's leadership or or it's uh, a je ne sais quoi with with Drew not being there. Yeah, because I too agree that if he was there, I don't think that happens. Like I think that gets picked up, and someone's like, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe we should pick this guy up because they keep doing the same thing." Yeah, yeah, and you just shadow him with shadow him with one of the central defenders, like yeah. so. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's. Oh, let's go with this one. Uh, 
Why are we having so much trouble beating the low block defensive strategy? Not even just having trouble absolutely folding and acting like an L10 side against a low block. <laughs> a League One Ontario. Yeah, so League One Ontario. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, League um, One Ontario. Yeah, no, it sucks. It's it's like, <laughs> I don't know how many of you out there play football manager. Um, but it's, <laughs> Probably a lot, it's, I think. It's, yeah, probably a lot, I would think. Um, anyone who has played football manager and uses a very, you know, attacking... Uh, tactic knows that about halfway through the season you start losing every game and drawing every game because everyone sort of figures out the way to beat you is to just completely play a low block and then play on the counter instead and it's like it's really weird to say that we've been in the top half of the table basically the whole season like are are, are, are we now are <laughs> so we getting respected that? are we are we being treated with respect but no as we're not, far we're, as, not. As, we're not because like again you know you're right we have the we have the the absolute blowout of the season and we lost to Edmonton so like yeah, no, but I mean, our teams, team. our teams respecting us by blow blocking against us. Yes, one hundred percent. Obviously, they, when we play, we play Pacific yeah. and when we play Forge, yeah. they don't do that because they're stronger teams than us. But I mean, when we're playing the more the more bottom teams, like are they setting up to just not concede? I think so. I think they're playing. And they're not. They're just not playing. They're not playing for a win. They're just playing defensive for a tie yeah. against us. And it's yeah. which is it's fine. Hella, it's hella effective, too. apparently. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like more power too. I'm like that's that's the way she goes. But it, it's also just obviously that that aside. I mean, uh, the Edmonton game. It was it was it was long ball FC. Yeah, and it was agonizing to watch. It uh, and it's really just tough. not the. It's just you run out of ideas. The thing is, you can't be running out of ideas halfway through the game. Like yeah. and the fact that we just kept on with that same strategy. Is is are we not like did did Cargo not pick up on that? Did Quasi not pick up on that and be like, guys, stop fucking doing this. Like, stop. It's not going to work. Like, I don't. It's just not. Again, I I don't I don't know. I, 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 that's the hardest part. Is like, I, from a personal standpoint, when I sit and watch the game, I mean, we're armchair armchair general managers and you know in in football manager or armchair you know <laughs> coaches watching the game yeah. being angry at our TV. But like, yeah, I, I there's just there's just like. It's, it's hard because I feel like it's like Dr. Jack and Mr. Hyde with this team sometimes this season because it's like we can play so well and then immediately turn around and play like dog shit. And it's yeah. like, I just, uh, like, it's frustrating, yeah. uh, you know, because the highs are high and the lows are real low. And we're on a low this week. And like, yeah. I know Johnny and I haven't really been like dropping a lot of, you know, stupid jokes, but, but like it is, it's tough. It's tough because like, you know, we got blown out basically in two games. Yeah, one's a draw, but like it sucks. Um, but do I think we can move forward past that yeah i think we can because i think we've learned that teams are going to especially lower lower tier teams like york and and edmonton are going to use that low block and they're going to use that as their like go-to and now that we've seen them do it i'm hoping that cargo and queasy are like okay this is seems to be an effective strategy against us what can we do to to counter it you know, well, unfor- unfortunately, they use a game like Edmonton to rest someone like Baloo Tabla when in reality, you absolutely need someone like Baloo Tabla playing forward to break down that low block because, yep. you know, he's one of the most creative players in this league. So you need someone who's creative to work their way through that low block. But and they left him on the wing for some reason. And, well, and they, and they didn't start him either. No, they and, didn't, you know, which is like, also It's, a, it's, me, it's but... a double-edged sword because I get it. You're like, oh, this should be an easy winnable game. We're going to rest our guys. But it's like, listen, this is like the one guy on the bench that needs to be playing this game because he's the one guy that's going to be a, a threat against this team right but now. But also play that, play, no that, play that easy win game after we're up one or two nothing. Like don't go into the game being like, oh, well, we'll just play our like... 
you know, we'll play around with the players and like we'll leave our some of our best players who are strictly. I mean, I would consider. I think you're right. I think that Balu Tabla is is one of the ultimate counters to that defensive strategy, and we just left him on the bench for the first, you know, most of the game. So yeah. No, it's it's yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, get the get the one goal up, get the two goal up, and then you know, got five and then park subs. Just park the bus. You got five <laughs> subs, and then and then use the subs. It's don't take the risk before before the freaking beginning whistle goes, and then near the end of the game, you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what happened. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. Uh, so, all right, here's another one. Although Edmonton had a few shots, a lot of them were speculative and from range. Attempts that you would expect Ingham to stop. We, on the other hand, had a few guilt edge chances. Obviously, the Malcolm one on one, Carl twice in the second half. Are the conceptions of we don't make enough chances a little embellished? And do we just have to accept that that was a game where we played poorly and we had the chances to win the game, but we just couldn't finish? So I, we made the mistake of covering a question earlier in the in the episode, but yes. no, I I think that this is a two part question though, right? Like yeah. we're talking about. You know, are we making chances and are we finishing? I mean, I think it's pretty clear we're not finishing, but yeah. I I think we're still making the chances. Like you see, you see the game. Like during the game, you see so many chances where you're like, ah, ah, <laughs> and it happens over and over again. Mm. And I think that that's the disconnect. Like we have the skill to get the ball where it has to be. We're just not putting it in the back of the net, and it's it's incredibly frustrating because you see plays like you know, Carl's shots or like the one-on-one with Malcolm and you're like, oh, he's going to bury it. And then they don't. And it's like, you know, it chips, it chips away your confidence a little bit because you're like, okay, well, at what point are they going to finish? You know, are they ever going to? And in this case for two games, we didn't, you know, we scored zero goals in two games. So, you know, here, here we are. I think that, um, yeah, I think that honestly, it's just a finishing problem. I don't think we have an issue with creating the chances. We just need to figure out how to capitalize on them. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go a bit against the grain and say that I still think both of them are problems. Yeah. Um, I, I know, like, you know, when, no, no matter what, like, the the stats say or whatever, I just, you know, with my eye test, the amount of <clears throat> the amount of balls that get forward that don't result in chances is just agonizing. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I said it earlier when I talk about how the, the ball goes to our strikers, then it just turns into a counterattack. It's, it's that type of stuff. Like, yeah. the amount of times we get the ball in their third <clears throat> and a pass is wrong or someone isn't in the right spot, and then we give it away, and it doesn't end, it turn into a shot on target. And I mean, the fact that, like, I brought this up earlier, the fact that we only had two shots on target in our past two games really shows that we aren't creating those chances the way that we should be. And the ones that we're getting, obviously, the ones that we're getting, we should be burying, but we're, we're not making enough. Yep. You know, like, I, I, I just, I'm still, I could be wrong. You know, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I'm just a boomer right now, but I, I still think that we're not creating enough. Old man yells at clouds. <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel you. It, yeah. I, I'm hoping that that doesn't continue to be the case every game going yep. forward. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I'll finish off the mailbag with a, with a lighthearted question. Yeah. Um, who, who is the single most important player responsible for ATO success, and why is it Drew Becky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's. It, I already said it. It's that je ne sais quoi. I mean, it's just, it's a different vibe with him out there, mm. man. It's we're vibes FC on a normal day, and when he's not there, you can see that the vibes just aren't there. Yeah, he's just an incredible man. He's an incredible defender. He's an incredible captain. Yeah, and, and again, we can talk about stats till we're blue in the face. But there is yeah. something to be said about like that, and I think it's it's with any team. It's just in football in general. Like there is 
kind of like an X factor that is non-quantifiable. It's something yeah. that like we look at and we say like, okay, well, you know, we talk about cargo doing stuff in the, in the locker room to get the guys fired up or, or the players really taking to the dub because, you know, we're cheering for the whole game. And even though we're losing or we're tied or whatever, we're still loud, loud as shit. So yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, an asterisk or like a little, you know, something going on when Becky's on the field. And it's yeah. it's lovely to see. And when he's not there, we miss, we miss you. We miss you, Drew. We miss you. Well, this you see, they know <laughs> that we're too powerful with him. And that's why they keep sending him off. Oh, with these bullshit they're paying cards. off the refs to give him red cards. I get they it. They say this isn't fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, yeah. To everyone in the league. We cannot let this happen. <laughs> God, I wish I wish that was the case. <laughs> like it was some conspiracy against Drew Becky. Oh my goodness. So yeah. okay, moving on. One of these two games was at home. Tell me how the dub was. Oh boy. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to start off with the hot stove. Honestly, the hot stove for the York game was so much fun. Like we had. It was a good one. Malcolm Shaw joined in. Ollie Bassett joined in. You know, we had we had we had York fans obviously joined in. Um, Steph Curry Ivanovich joined in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so we had, you know, we had like this a really cool kind of live stream space where we all just got to like talk about the game and like where where we think it's going and like you know I talked for a bit and Eddie talked and he asked you know some of the other folks uh, brought in the York fans asked them their their you know information on the game or like wh- how they think it's going to go. Um, uh, fun stat we found out after though. In the during the live stream and within 24 hours of it ending, it had been streamed a thousand times. That's wild. Which is insane. That's, that's insane. Of, that's a, it's, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, no, it's cool. You know, this is good numbers. Yeah, good for a numbers. chat space. So, so it's really well, cool. It, that's what's so cool about the chat spaces, right? Is that people you can join and you can leave, like because it's like live and it's like super like casual like that. So yeah. you get those people that are just well, I check this out. Like, yeah, that. yeah, for sure. And I know they did they did another one after the FC Edmonton game because I think everyone's <laughs> froth, frothing at the mouth to discuss that. <laughs> I need yeah. I need to yell some things on Twitter in order to sleep. Tonight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so hot stove's great. Eddie, keep that going. It's it's a yeah. it's a real fun time for everybody. Um, the dub, I mean, the dub was good. Again, honestly, it was like it's always good, no matter how we're doing. The dub is always a, a great place to be, and it was the Father's Day game. So, like, I mean, I got to meet like tons of supporters, dads that were there. Like, they'd be like, "Oh, this is Patty. This is a podcast." And I'm like, "Oh, nice to meet you, sir." Like, <laughs> You're so, a celeb, bro. I know, apparently, but but no, it's cool. Um, yeah, I had to leave partway through because my dog escaped, and someone called and was like, "Your dog's on the street." So I had to like rip home as fast as I could, <laughs> bring the dog inside, and then I, I drove back and made it back for the second half because um, um, because dedication. Uh, but you, did you, you get the you got you got the doggy though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I drove home, put the dog in the house, and then drove yeah. back to the TD place and caught the second half. So, For all those uh, listening, by the way, Patrick has just the cutest dog. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a she's a little bit of a handful, but yeah, she's really cute. She's a five month old French bulldog. So uh, yeah, be um, still my beating heart. But the, honestly, like man, I don't know if you. I mean, I hope you didn't see it because about a quarter of the fans in the dub at one point went tarps off with Billy. So Billy, <laughs> Billy wore. So Billy wore the ATO Melvin goal, goalkeeper kit. I love it. Billy is like the most dark horse like person I have ever, ever had the pleasure of coming. And the across. best part is like the Melvin kit was like definitely at least one size too small, so it was like very tight. And he wore it, and he had the sign that said like, "Oh, he's available as the emergency keeper." <laughs> so and then they went tarps off and like. I looked forward and there was like at least 10 other dudes with no shirts on. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? Like, yeah. keep it coming. CCSG makes the dub what it is. Hell the yeah. team loves us. The players love us. You know, did you awesome. see Eddie signing autographs after? Yeah. Yeah. So, our MDO, Eddie <laughs> Bennett, 
was signing autographs for people after the game because people were like so stoked about how good of a job he did. And like, I think it's amazing that we have people in this organization that that put in that much passion. And yep. it shows every time we go to the game, the amount of people I talk to and they're like, well, I'm sitting over in section X and like, I kind of hurt. And I was like, I came over and like, it was amazing. I'm like, exactly, exactly. Like we're, yeah. we're making, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think it's, it's a place where people can go to like both watch the game and embrace the passion that is football. Um, cause it's, it's, it's not like any other sport. Honestly, it really isn't. It really and isn't. You know, the dub is bumping when, when Eddie is, is being asked for more autographs than uh, any York United player is anyways. <laughs> so tell me how the other game at the GCP, the watch party. For the uh, so, I mean, I, like I didn't watch, I didn't go to the watch party cause I had come, just come back uh, from father's day stuff, but oh, yeah, that's right. I heard it was pretty good. Um, mm. you know, I, I saw some photos and stuff. Um, it's always good to have those watch parties at the GCP. The vibes yeah, are always sure. good. Um, sure. I mean, it's sad. The outcome is sad, but you know, that's mm-hmm. that's just how football is sometimes. Yep. Um, and you know, hats off. It to doesn't the GCP damp- for- it doesn't dampen the spirit because we still keep doing them every 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 away game. I yeah, exactly. Think, uh, I don't think GCP's missed one. So yeah, well, and that's just it. Like, I mean, I'm telling you right now, on the 30th when we play Halifax, I will be at the GCP watching the <laughs> watching the game. Well, so that's just it. Next matchup, another watch party at the GCP against Halifax on the 30th. Uh, we- we got to we, it's a we must win. Do it's a must better. win. Honestly, it is, we don't it? pick up three points against Halifax. We are in trouble. Yeah. You know, and we have we have 11 days to like unfuck our lineups and like figure <laughs> out a better way to use our attackers. So like plenty of time. Um, cargo, like, you know, maybe like spend, you know, have a little have some extra drills and like, you know, really like hammer this in because God, like they and Halifax, like because I mean you've got the Mooseheads or whatever but like they don't really have a professional sports team except the Wanderers yeah. Wanderers grounds is always packed their their supporter section is like they bring it every game they're like, bloodthirsty yeah exactly kind of like us and so I worry when we send our team out to Halifax and yep. you know they're they're playing in Halifax on their home turf and their fans are are you know the same level of, of intensity as us or, or well, it's a hard place to play. It's a hard place to play. Like it's an extremely hard place to play. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know why I'm worried about this too, is that they just got embarrassed by forge again. They did. Yes. <laughs> they are going to be fucking well up for it. Yeah. You know I mean, they are going to, they are going to want some revenge against someone like, obviously it's not going to be forge because Forge played their two games there, by the way, scored more goals at the Wanderers grounds than Halifax have scored there all season, which is a pretty crazy stat, but also but, good for us. <laughs> but the thing, but see this this you know it makes me worried because we've never won there yeah and i think that maybe now's the time to do it if you're gonna pull up the stops like if you didn't beat edmonton like honestly like we shit the bed against edmonton and like yeah. if we don't pull it out against halifax like we're we're in for a rough away series i'm gonna call we it. are and the thing then is we is have forge immediately after it <laughs> like yeah no exactly and the thing is that halifax didn't shit the bed against edmonton they almost did but they came back and came over a one nil deficit by yep. winning two one yep so you know that you know they did better than us there. They're they're coming off a friggin' low after getting embarrassed by Forge again. I I think they're they 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 want to take it out on us, and I'm just I I'm I'm hoping we can weather that storm. Well, I think I think again I think that we can, given that uh, from what we've seen, and again I I think that throughout the season we've seen Carlos Gonzalez as like a very kind of like introspective coach. He's very humble, and but I I do feel like after every game I mean like you look at that 6-1 loss and like he came out and you know you're like what did you do wrong he's like everything 
And I'm like, man, the fact that like he's humble enough to say like, oh yeah, we fucked up. And like, that's, that's why we lost. And again, you saw it in his post game interview on this, on uh, the loss against Edmonton. He just said like, you know, just that we let them play their game. And I'm like, man, so to have that humility and have that like understanding of the sport to say like, okay, we need to reshape what we're doing because if we continue to do it, we're going to continue to get those same results. So I'm really hoping that Carlos, uh, you know, is able to, to, make the changes we need so that we can go into Halifax and smash them. Because I, I do I do think we can beat them. Like Halifax is like, what, a minus five goal differential right now. They're like low in the table. Um, well, that's just that's just it. They're not good. They're having goal scoring problems <clears throat> the same as us, but worse than us. And they're shipping more goals than we are, even though we ship six in a game. They've still shipped more than we have. So Which is hilarious. <laughs> they have the it is it is hilarious. <laughs> like we lose six one and their goal our, our goal differential is still like better. Than the yours. fact that any team in the league has has shipped more goals than us, even though we did six in one game as well. You you know, you know Pacific has shipped more than us this season? Really? Yeah, they've, they've oh. shipped 14. There you go. So, this is hilarious. So we're still massive. and like yeah, everyone else We are can, still massive, you know. <laughs> by the way. And we're going to go to Wanderers Grounds and Hell yes. smash them. Hell yes. <laughs> so after that, I believe we're home uh, against Calvary. Yep. Which, you know, we always do well. If you want to go to that, we have a new ticketing system now. We're on Ticketmaster. Unfortunately. Um, do you know more about that? We, we have a link for tickets now, right? It's not yeah. the same as just throwing so, the code. So if you go to uh, the Capital City Supporters website, so if you just go to Capital City Supporters uh, in Google, uh, Capital City Supporters Ottawa, you'll see the website. You go on the website, and it'll it'll give you a link through to get your tickets uh, through Ticketmaster. Because, you know, obviously we changed systems midway through the season. which is Yeah, because that makes fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also on the website, you will see a link to join us on our road trip. Road July trip. 24th. We are going to York United. And FC. we're going to win our first game ever against York. And <laughs> we're going to win our first them. game ever against We're going to embarrass them in front of their own fans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All 12 of them. Yeah. $100 <laughs> gets you the bus to York. And yes. a match day ticket, and then a bus back. Uh, I don't know what concession prices are like in York. I hear their their meat pies are very good, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Looking forward to eating some pies, and looking forward to eating some Yorkies. It's the one, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. The meat pies are the one quality thing in the York Line Stadium. So, because yep. Yep. <laughs> their team sure as shit isn't. Yeah. Well. That's been us for this week. It has Tune been. in. Uh, we're we're more than a week till the next game, so you won't see us, hear us next week. You'll hear us the week after that. Yes, so you will. Make sure you tune in to. I believe we're probably going to have a hot stove before the next match. I believe of the next match is on a Thursday, on the thirtieth, and then you'll hear from us on the Tuesday following that. Patrick, do you have any last words? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm just hoping. Uh, you know what? I got I got faith. I got faith in us. I'm going to end on a high note. We're a good team. We're we're massive as shit. The team has the pieces. We're going to put it together. Uh, we're going to beat Halifax. I think we're, you know, in a good position to to give a good go against Forge. So, let's you know fucking do it. Amen. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. <laughs>